0: Welcome to Unleashing Sister Saints on Apple Podcasts, a podcast focused on strengthening women's faith in Jesus Christ and helping them wrestle through the sometimes complex gender and cultural dynamics in the church. I'm Dr. Susan Matson, a global expert in women and leadership and a devoted member of the Church, Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. I have to say, I love the word unleash, hence the name of this podcast. I use that word often. In each episode, I like to include research and personal experiences and a challenge to help you feel free to bring your whole self to the Lord's work. Now, before I get started today, I want to thank Juno, who left the following review of Unleashing Sister Saints on Apple Podcasts. Dr. Madsen is full of uplifting spiritual ideas, but she's also quick to challenge me to be better, to think better and do better. I love how she takes real life challenges and shows how to apply doctrine and how that helps us meet those challenges. Juno, thank you so much for the review. To our listeners, if you haven't rated or reviewed the podcast, we would be so grateful if you would take the time to do that today. Thank you. And now let's get to our conversation for today. I am delighted to welcome Courtney Vanderveer-Matt to the show. Courtney, welcome. It's great to be here. So as an introduction, Courtney is a mother of three, a wife, an artist. She earned a bachelor's degree in fine arts from the University of Utah and later studied with Jeff Hine at the Hine Academy of Art. Courtney's art was included in the church's international art competition in both 2019 and 2022, where she won an award in 2019. Her artwork visualizing Heavenly Mother and Our Heavenly Parents has been included in several art shows and in the book, The Girl's. Guide to Heavenly Mother. So Courtney, welcome again to the show. Let's jump in and let me ask you my first question. So I loved reading that art has been a part of your life since you were a young girl selling drawings of unicorns. I love that. To neighbors with a friend. When did you realize you were gifted in art and how did your understanding of spiritual gifts shape your pursuit of an art training and a career in art? Well,
1: art is something that I've always liked. As a kid, I drew a lot. As you mentioned, my friend and I would sell our drawings to anyone who'd buy them for 10 cents. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: And I don't remember whose idea it was, but we decided to sell mine for 10 cents and hers for five because mine were better.
0: And, and you pursued that, you started drawing more and more in high school, college? Yes. In middle school and high school, I took art classes and I had other
1: interests, but I remember I have to narrow it down and I art kept winning. Mm. And when it came time for college, I decided to study art. I didn't think it was very practical, but but I didn't really know what else to study. And so for a semester, I majored in art education, but I decided quickly that that wasn't really the route I wanted to take, practical or not. I just decided to study art. I didn't really think about my artistic ability as a spiritual gift. When I was younger, I don't think, I mean, not very consciously, but as time went on, like looking back, I can see that I was guided, but at the time I didn't necessarily think I was. I just kind of thought, all right, I don't know. I'll just study art because I don't know what else to study. Yeah, yeah. And then I got my degree from the University of Utah drawing and painting, and I moved to Northern Virginia and worked an office job. I never really expected that I would try and make a career out of art or take it very seriously.
0: Even though you had a degree in it, that happens sometimes. But I'm sure that education to get your bachelor's degree helped refine your art, helped you get better and better and understand more broadly what it was about. Definitely. I
1: feel like that helped me a lot. So I went to college and then, like you mentioned, I studied for five years with Jeff Hine and his is a very traditional, more realistic approach. And that's where I kind of refined my technique and skill. But I feel like college gave me more ideas of experimentation and concept. I got my degree because that was just what you do is you go to college and get a degree. But I didn't really, I just got an office job after college and I thought, well, I'll get married and I'll do art on the side. That's what
0: we think as women a lot. And sometimes that doesn't pan out. Yeah.
1: That was always my plan. Even as a kid, I was like, I want to be a mom and an artist. I'll just, you know, paint here and there.
0: (laughs) So when did you start seeing it maybe as a spiritual gift? I think more
1: recently, actually. Really? Yeah. I'll just give a little bit more background and then i okay. on that, but... I moved to Northern Virginia and lived there for five years and I painted on the side and I was still single. I was in my thirties at that, or almost, I was about to turn 30 and I was like, wow, is this really what I want to be doing with my life? What if I'm, you know, my long-term plan isn't working so well (laughs) in five more years. Am I still going to be single? Am I going to wish I did something different with my time? And I loved my time in Virginia and I don't have regrets about my work there or anything, but I just started thinking more about what I really wanted. And that's when I thought I want to do art. And so I went back to Salt Lake and studied with Jeff and really learned a lot more. And then I got married my last year or just before I graduated studying with Jeff. After graduation, I had about a year. We were expecting our first baby. And so I had time to paint. Well, even before I was pregnant, I had about a year and I didn't know what I wanted to paint. I had no ideas. I felt like this block, this artistic block. And I started to really dread my art time. I had quit my job. My husband was like, if you make dinner, then (laughs) quit your job and don't worry about that. But it was hard. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And after I had my first baby, when she was 10 months old, that's when I, I did a painting of Sarah that was in the International Art Competition that one, 2019. It was a great experience. I love that painting. And it had some good acknowledgement and attention. I feel like that's kind of when I started to think, OK, maybe this is what I meant to do. Maybe this is the direction I should be going. I definitely felt like I had overcome that artistic walk. And
0: then I had all these ideas and no time to paint because now I oh. have... Isn't that funny? You know, you are able to fit things in, all of us with our talents and strength. How many kids do you have now? I have three. You have three. That's right. So I love seeing how motherhood and art are interwoven in your life, but I am sure it isn't easy to navigate those two priorities. So tell us how you juggle and balance both because you're doing more painting now, right?
1: Well, I was the first few years of being a mom. Yeah, I guess it's just in the last six months, I have not been painting as much. Well, so I have a babysitter who comes about once a week and that's been helpful. I've been doing that since my first was a baby. And sometimes she's come up to three times a week, but it depends on what I'm working on and our schedules. So I've still been having her come, but I found out last this last summer that my two-year-old was deaf. Um, oh, He's two now. He was about 15 months when we started thinking he might have hearing loss and around 18 months when we had it officially confirmed. And so we started trying to learn sign language and I have meetings with a deaf mentor and You know, there's just different things that are taking up my time and a lot of my mental energy. And In August, I felt really prompted to start homeschooling my first grader, and that was totally out of the blue. And so, just the last six months, I've been trying to kind of keep my head above water. And in the last probably four weeks, I've been feeling like, okay, now I can start doing art again. Because my babysitter came, I was just cleaning the bathroom. And
0: (laughs) that's unfortunate, but that's wonderful. And what you've just expressed, though, sometimes life does not, in fact, it sounds like from what you're describing, go perfectly according to the plan we have. And so you're feeling more inspired to paint, but then sometimes things pull us back. But now it feels like you're emerging again and hopefully your mind will, because your paintings are, when I've looked at them, felt very inspired. And so I would love to move to that next phase. You produced a seven foot by four foot portrait of Heavenly Mother in 2019, a project you felt inspired to do, but were also very challenged by being a busy young mom of two small children. So use that that before starting the painting, Heavenly Mother wasn't something that you thought about. So share why you ended up going in that direction and some of the spiritual experiences you had related to that painting.
1: MacArthur Krishna is the author of A Girl's Guide to Heavenly Mother, which is a book that she and Bethany Spaulding put together a few years ago. And as they were working on that book, they wanted to include a lot of images of Heavenly Mother. And so MacArthur reached out to me and asked if I would paint something for the book. And she had seen my painting of Sarah in the international art competition.
0: Oh, that's where she connected with you. Okay. So
1: she just found my contact information. And when she asked me, like, I remember the conversation, she didn't ask me up front. She was kind of getting into it and talking about Heavenly Mother and she was saying all these things. And I looked back at one of my journal entries and as she was explaining, I was thinking, oh, I want to paint Heavenly Mother. And then she asked if I would. Oh, yeah. You know, I would really like to, but... It was also a challenge because the other artists had already been contacted, I think, and most of them had been working on it. There were about four months until the book was being printed. And so for me, that was a really tight deadline. Yes, I was painting like four hours a week (laughs) and I had another painting that I was finishing up that I'd committed for a different art show. And so I was hesitant, but I felt the spirit in that initial conversation and I felt really excited about the project. But then after we hung up, life starts to creep back in and I (laughs) talked with my husband about it and i had tentatively said yes but then i started thinking about what heavenly mother looked like and i had a hard time finding a model and so like about a month went by and i hadn't found someone yet and I'm like, oh no, there's only three months left.
0: I don't know if I can do this. To me, that's a bit of a daunting because there haven't been a lot of paintings of Heavenly Mother and not a lot of a description. So I can see why that was heavily on your mind to figure out what might she look like.
1: Definitely, yeah. And I remember Googling Heavenly Mother. I found just like two or three paintings of Heavenly Mother. There were several of like Mary, the mother of Jesus and things along those lines that came up under the surge, but there really wasn't much. And I just heard recently that there are hundreds now because of MacArthur and Bethany and their books. I think it's pretty cool that I was able to make my painting before I had very much influence from other artists about what she might look like. And for me, I looked in the scriptures at descriptions of Christ and how bright he's described as being and Heavenly Father, the visions of him. So I wanted something bright and white. I wanted her to have white hair. I just pictured her being in the prime of life. I can relate to images of her being older, but Mm I, I felt like she wouldn't be older she would be the print age and so I wanted someone that was beautiful but like not a lot of makeup and not really more yes. I don't know how to describe it just kind of a natural beauty yes and so I had this idea in my head and I thought of everyone I know which is usually what I do first for a painting I just think of, who oh. I know does anyone fit this description and I couldn't think of anyone and I just started looking on Facebook and looking at my friends and my friends of friends and looking at my husband's friends <laughs> and so I ended up finding someone it was a Facebook friend of my husbands. It's someone that he grew up with. They were in the same ward. And the other thing was they had to live close by so that I could, Yeah. because I found a few that looked great, but they didn't live locally. And so I found this woman, her name is Kelly. I sent her a message on Facebook, kind of explaining what I was doing and asking if she'd be willing to let me take some pictures. So it was kind of a cool experience. My husband, it was his Facebook account that I messaged from because I didn't, I wanted to make sure she got the message since she and I weren't Facebook friends. And so he saw her response first and he told me about it and opened it up to read it to me. And as he started reading it, he felt just kind of overcome with emotion and the spirit. And that caught him off guard and me. I mean, it was just a generic response. Like, sure, I'd be willing to do that. Oh, okay. But. That was just kind of his first, because my husband had some neat experiences around this painting. Tell me a little bit more about that. That was his first moment when he kind of realized this was a special project. And he and I had talked about the painting and he knew the deadlines and he was hesitant, I think, for me to commit because of what it would mean for our family. And, you know, like, is it really worth all the stress? Because he knows how I am when it's stressful. So we had talked about that. And I had actually told MacArthur I wasn't going to do the painting. And about a month after she'd first asked me but she worked the problem and tried to talk to me about it. And what are the problems? What can I help with? And that was just before I found the model. We Babysitting and the model were kind of my biggest issues. But after talking to her again, I got excited again. It's like, I'm going to make this work. And then within that next week, I found Kelly. And so we set up the photo shoot. And she just ended up living down the street from us. Oh,
0: our- wow. What a blessing.
1: Yeah. And so she came to our house just so I could take some pictures. I found a dress online. And luckily, it fit her because she had never tried it on before. But she came and the morning that she was coming over, it was a Saturday and my husband, his name is Ben. He didn't tell me this until afterward, but he had actually had a dream that night and he felt like it was a spiritual manifestation. He doesn't remember a lot of the details of it. In his dream, the song Hark All Ye Nations, and he just felt like there was something special about it. And he woke up and he didn't really know what it meant, but he knew that Kelly was coming for this photo shoot. And so he turned on the music. It was Let Us All Press On. It was the the Tabernacle Choir repeat, and it just kind of brought the spirit into our home that morning. And when Kelly came, we were able to. Then the dress fit, fit perfectly.
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's amazing. It's a miracle for women, it's hard to find clothes sometimes that fit well. I know.
1: And because of my deadline, I was just like, I'm just ordering something and hoping it works. And if it doesn't, we'll figure it out. But we took the pictures, and then afterward, Ben told me about his dream. And I think that that experience just really solidified in his mind and heart that this was a special project. And And for some reason, God felt like he needed to relay that to Ben. He was supportive from the beginning. Like when I decided to do it, he was like, okay, I'll support you in this. But after that experience, he was 100% in. I had all the time that I needed to do it. He took the kids, like he started working later in the mornings, some days, and he would watch them all morning so I could paint. But
0: you needed some time. That's a big painting with lots of detail. What did you learn about Heavenly Mother through the process of painting her?
1: I learned that she is really there. I hadn't really taken a lot of time before this experience to think about her and to try to build a relationship with her. But one of the days when I was painting, it was near the end of the painting. And by the way, this painting is huge, thing I probably should not have done in hindsight. It's seven feet tall. It's because the painting of Sarah that I had just previously done is four feet by five feet. And I did that because it has the star Sky, and I wanted it to feel magnificent and kind of have the feeling that I was looking for. And so I thought, well, if it's Heavenly Mother, it has to be even bigger. No.
0: <laughs> it
1: didn't have to be big for the book, but I ended up, you know.
0: Yeah, that took extra time. Oh, in
1: my studio one day, and I was almost done with the painting. I had painted her face and I was just working on like the glow around her. And I walked across the studio to get a paintbrush or something. And I looked back at the painting at her face and I just had this rush of the spirit come over me. And it was different from anything I've experience. I just felt this radiance and glory from her face. And it caught me off guard. It happened twice that day where I looked over at the painting and just felt something. And I feel like that was also just manifestation that she's there and that she knew who I was and she was pleased to do this painting. And it was just really
0: special. That's profound. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Now, you've participated twice in the Church's International Art Competition, as we said, both in 2019 and 2022. And in 2022, to your piece and you titled it Diversity showed the great variety among a single type of insect on our planet the butterflies right? So what was your inspiration for that piece?
1: Well I painted that specifically for the art competition so I just spent some time pondering that theme all are alike unto God and thinking about how I could represent that and my husband had made a comment I don't remember exactly what he said but it was along the lines of God having so much diversity in his creations and I just remember him saying that and kind of thinking, oh yeah, like I would love that to be the focus of the painting. And so I started just thinking of ways I could represent that. And I've always liked butterflies. I paint. love butterflies too. I haven't painted them that much. So I just thought that that would be a nice way because they're beautiful and all of God's creations are beautiful in their own way. And I just wanted to show the variety. And there's like 17,000 different species of butterflies, which is amazing.
0: Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. That's what I found online. anyway.
1: <laughs> so yeah. I mean, I have such a small representation of what that even is, but I love the idea of how much, you know, within people, in landscapes, animals, everything, there's so much variety. And so it just shows to me that God really does love diversity.
0: That's awesome. So I guess I would love to have you share, and you started already, share your testimony of creation. I'm putting that in quote marks and our inherent need and desire as children of God to actually create ourselves.
1: Yeah. I think that there's something really special about taking materials and creating something from them something that wasn't there before and I really enjoy that process there have been times when I've approached a painting without really thinking a lot about the final product but more about the experience and Mm. um I I think that that it's it can be a spiritual experience. I have some paintings that I did right after college where I experimented with oil paint and water mm-hmm. and since they repel each other like I would mix some oil paint with mineral spirit till it was really thin like water and I'd drip it on a horizontal canvas and then spray oh. water into it and it would beat up and kind of, you know, push the oil paint around and at one point I remember just kind of like putting my face really close to the canvas and watching the little specks of of color move around cuz the canvas is not perfectly flat so the the little balls of water would kind of glide around and leave a trail of color. And it reminded me of cells in our bodies, but at the same time, it reminded me of the stars and the creation of the planet and all of God's creations. And so I just loved that idea and that experience of thinking about the the tiny little molecules, but also the grand things being a part of that. And the thing I loved about it is that I wasn't really in control of where the paint and the water moved on the canvas. And so I got beautiful marks that I would not have been able to do on my own. Own. And that's been kind of a neat analogy for life. it's just when we allow God to kind of take us along his process that he wants us on, the journey he wants us to take, we can get something a lot more beautiful than we could get on our own. And I feel like that is kind of the creation process for me. It never turns out how I think of it in my head. And I never have a very clear vision in my head anyway, but as I work on something, it evolves. And I feel like I'm able to redirect when things don't go as expected, yep. create something hand in hand with God. And that's just... Me. I
0: love that. And now, And already, as you were saying that, I'm thinking about raising children somehow. You know, you work with God, your spouse, but you hope. And when we have a firm look at how we want our children to turn out, I think that's worse for us in some ways, that we just want this broad, you know, children to be safe and healthy and hopefully love God. And we try and work with God to make that happen. Yours, I don't know how old they are, but when they're teenagers, we really just have to try. And work with God to keep them on track. So any I- thoughts about that? Yeah, I see so, so many I- analogies.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great example. My kids are little, they're two, five, and seven. So they're starting to get a little more independent and in things that they like to do. But yeah, I think that's kind of how everything is in life. I mean, we can have a plan, but it's line upon line. And as we move forward, we can be directed. And you know, just it reminds me of Nephi that we've been studying yes. recently in the Book of Mormon and how he didn't know exactly what was next, but he had faith to move forward and keep doing what he knew he should do. And God directed him on the way. And I think that's how it is with all of our decisions and raising kids.
0: And I love that analogy for many things, but also in your painting. So I would have expected you had this masterful thing. I'm not an artist myself, but I love that you just pick up that paintbrush and just start doing it, knowing that things are going to settle in this face and you know the surroundings of your paintings will just emerge. I love that. Stepping out into the unknown. Yeah,
1: I feel like I approach paintings more that way sometimes than others. Sometimes I do have it more planned out, but I feel like it's more enjoyable for me when I don't because I can kind of see it's more fun, I think. But at the same time, it's more stressful. (laughs) And sometimes it doesn't work out. And I've had a few where I'm like, oh, you know, I really should have thought through that.
0: more. (laughs) So last question for you. What would you say to women who are listening in? Many women say they're not creative or they're too busy to apply energy to creative projects. There's so many things about creation for all of us, right? Not just painting like you're doing so many things. Any advice for those women?
1: I would say to remember that there are a lot of ways to be creative, kind of what you were saying, but I think visual art and dance and music and writing, those are kind of the obvious examples of creativity and we see a lot of that. But there's also forms of being creative like problem solving and cooking dinner and interesting date ideas. I think when we are able to find that creativity in different ways, it makes life a lot more interesting interesting and it can be freeing. I guess I saw a quote recently that said, sameness is a bottleneck to your true inner creativity and- And that's kind of what I was trying to say with trying new things. For me, it wouldn't seem as creative to make a painting because I do paintings all the time, but to go and like try and do a science experiment. (laughs) A lot of like dance class that I've never done before. Those are the kind of things that would stretch me more creatively because I haven't done them. And I think it would be a lot more satisfying in some ways.
0: There's some joy in, and I think all of us can find getting out of our comfort zone. I think maybe that creation- of something, that creating, and all of us think. I mean, if we're mothers, create humans, right? And that's pushing us out of our comfort zone. So I do think Heavenly Parents really do want us to create, and there's some joy in doing that. Any thoughts about that? I agree. I
1: think that that is one of our gifts as humans, is the ability to be creative and that we can find revelation as we try to be creative. I had remembered this video by Elder Uppdorf, and he said, talking about creativity the more you trust and rely on the spirit, the greater your capacity to create. And I really love that because I hadn't thought about that connection very much between having the spirit and being creative. But God really can guide us and direct us, and our heavenly parents can help us find the creativity inside that we didn't know
0: is there. And I think there's a lot of ways that we can do that. Thank you so much. We'll put some notes and some links so you can get over to. Courtney site under our resources in our show notes. And I would challenge anybody listening to just take a look. You can find it online, The Heavenly Mother, and just look at that and record in your journal some thoughts about that and the diversity. I had not looked at that. I need to search for that and do my own recording in my journal. But as we conclude here, back to Our Mother in Heaven, that painting, which is really profound to me. Any final thoughts that you would share as we conclude this podcast? today?
1: I think that it's easy to not think very much about Heavenly Mother because not someone that we talk about a lot, there is more conversation about her in recent years, which I'm grateful for. But I would just say for myself included, I think I don't spend enough time sitting and pondering my relationship with her and how I can feel closer to Heavenly Mother and how I can understand more about who she is and how she affects my life, because that is a relationship that I want to develop more. And I think sometimes having art to look at can help us to do that. And when I was working on the painting, that's something that I thought about is just having something visual for people to look at to help them maybe relate. And I know that my interpretation of Heavenly Mother is not everyone isn't going to connect with it in the same way. But I have heard from some people who do feel connected to it and others who definitely don't. and, And that's fine. But I'm just grateful that there are so many different representations out there and that we can continue to create more and create an idea of what she means to us and how we can try to become more like her as women. And I think that's important.
0: Thank you so much. I've appreciated your time, Courtney. This has been very inspiring for me. To those listeners, thanks for joining us and please follow Unleashing Sisters Saints on Facebook and Instagram for more information and to stay up to date. If you like a particular episode or a show in general, please share it with others and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unleashing Sister Saints. This is Doctor. Susan Madsen, and I'm devoted to unleashing the positive impact of Sister Saints on the world.